remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of Johnny Cash, a legendary American singer-songwriter and musician whose influence spanned multiple generations and genres, including country, rock, and folk. Today marks the 20th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the extraordinary early life of Johnny Cash. Part 1. The Cotton Fields and First Strains of Music, 1932-1950 John R. Cash was born into the turmoil of the Great Depression on February 26, 1932, in Kings Island, Arkansas. His parents, Ray and Carrie Cash, were cotton farmers, and the family lived a meager existence in a humble five-room farmhouse. They were part of a New Deal program called the Dyes Colony, a government project aimed at giving poor farming families a fresh start with new land. From dawn until dusk, Johnny and his parents and his six siblings worked in the cotton fields. The harsh, back-breaking labor in scorching heat instilled in him a strong work ethic and gave him an early understanding of human struggle. This gritty reality would later manifest itself in songs like Five Feet High and Rising and Pickin' Time. Young Johnny found solace in music, particularly influenced by his mother, Gary Cash. She was a devout Southern Baptist, and gospel music and hymns were a significant part of their lives. The family would often gather around the piano, with Carrie playing and the children singing hymns. The spiritual teachings of the church provided a moral framework for Johnny, who often grappled with the themes of sin, redemption, and grace throughout his life. The Cash family endured numerous hardships, but perhaps the most impactful was the death of Johnny's older brother, Jack, in 1944. Jack was pulled into a table saw at a sawmill where he worked, sustaining life-threatening injuries. He died a week later, a tragedy that deeply shook the young Johnny Cash. His brother had been not just a family member, but a moral compass deeply rooted in their shared faith. The loss impacted Johnny profoundly, driving him to ponder life's bigger questions and further deepening his spirituality. Though his family couldn't afford much, Johnny's mother recognized his interest in music and managed to arrange musical lessons for him. However, he soon quit formal training, disliking the structured environment. Johnny preferred to learn on his own, developing an ear for melody and rhythm by listening to the radio and mimicking the sounds he heard. By his teen years, Johnny was writing his own songs and learning to play the guitar. During high school, he performed at local events and even hosted a radio show on a small Arkansas station. In these early performances, one could see glimmers of the iconic musician he would become. His deep voice and heartfelt lyrics were already drawing people in, capturing their attention and emotions. Upon finishing high school with limited opportunities in his small Arkansas town and feeling the urge to break away, Johnny enlisted in the Air Force in 1950, marking the end of this first chapter of his life. His roots, experiences, and hardships had shaped him, but now a new stage awaited one that would take him away from the cotton fields and into the depths of history.
Part 2, From Airman to Musician, 1950 to 1958. In 1950, Johnny enlisted in the United States Air Force, breaking away from the life he had always known in rural Arkansas. He was stationed in San Antonio, Texas for basic training, where he excelled and showed leadership qualities. After completing his training, Cash was stationed at Landsberg Air Base in West Germany as a Morse code operator intercepting Soviet transmissions. He was overseas for nearly four years, a period that further shaped his world views and honed his storytelling abilities. During his service, Cash created his first band, Landsberg Barbarians. Formed with fellow servicemen, the band played covers of country hits and some original material Johnny had written. This experience whetted his appetite for public performance and gave him the first inkling of perhaps that he could make a living as a musician. While stationed in Germany, he also purchased his first guitar and began to write songs in earnest, including one of his future hits, Folsom Prison Blues. It was also during this time that he met Vivian Liberto at a roller skating rink in San Antonio while on leave. Despite being thousands of miles apart, the two maintained a long-distance relationship through letters culminating in their marriage shortly after Cash's discharge in 1954. Upon his return to the U.S., Johnny Cash moved with his new wife to Memphis, Tennessee. Initially, he took up a variety of odd jobs, including that of an appliance salesman, to make ends meet. However, the pull of music was too strong to ignore. At night, he would gather with mechanics and other blue-collar workers to play small gigs and dive bars. Around this time, he also met Luther Perkins and Marshall Grant, auto mechanics who shared his passion for music. They formed a trio and began performing locally as Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Two. Cash's big break came when he auditioned for Sam Phillips at Sun Records, the man who had discovered Elvis Presley. Cash performed gospel songs, but Phillips wasn't interested. He advised Cash to come back with something more commercial. Johnny returned with a porter and cry, cry, cry. Phillips was impressed, and those songs became Cash's first single released in 1955. The record was a local hit and got Cash an invitation to the Grand Ole Opry, which further boosted his popularity. By 1956, Cash released I Walk the Line, a song that would become one of his signature tunes. It reached the number one spot on the country charts and crossed over into the pop charts, solidifying his status as an emerging star. During this period, he also started wearing his iconic all-black stage outfits, earning him the nickname The Man in Black. Yet, fame brought its challenges. Cash began to struggle with drug and alcohol abuse, a problem that would follow him for years to come. These early hints of self-destructive behavior clashed with the growing stability and success he was experiencing professionally, setting the stage for the complicated life that was to unfold. Part 3. The Man in Black Takes the Stage, 1959-1970 As the 1960s began, Johnny Cash found himself at a crucial intersection of personal turmoil and professional opportunity. While the end of the 50s had seen him ascend to stardom, it had also exposed him to the pitfalls of fame, including a growing dependency on alcohol and pills. The new decade would test his resilience in unprecedented ways. 
1960, Cash made the bold move to switch from Sun Records to the bigger Columbia Records, a transition that gave him more artistic freedom. It was with Columbia that he released several of his most iconic albums, including Ring of Fire, The Best of Johnny Cash in 1963, and I Walked the Line in 1964, his song Ring of Fire, co-written with June Carter, whom he had met backstage at the Grand Ole Opry, was particularly revolutionary for its incorporation of mariachi-style horns into a country song. It shot to the top of the charts and became one of the best-selling singles of his career. Despite his soaring career, Cash's personal life began to unravel. His marriage to Vivian Liberto was strained due to his constant touring, erratic behavior, and infidelity. By 1966, Vivian had filed for divorce, a blow that sent Cash into a downward spiral. This was also the period when he was arrested several times for drug possession and reckless behavior, leading to short stints in jail. The most publicized was his 1965 arrest in El Paso, Texas for smuggling amphetamines from Mexico. Even as his life seemed to be falling apart, Cash's career took another monumental leap when he decided to record a live album at Folsom State Prison in California in 1968. The resulting album at Folsom Prison was a commercial and critical success. It not only revitalized his flagging career, but also became a statement on prison reform, a cause he championed for the rest of his life. Around this transformative period, June Carter came back into his life. June was part of the iconic Carter family and had grown close to Cash over years of touring together. She became an emotional pillar for Cash, helping him battle his drug addiction. The two got married in 1968, beginning a lifelong partnership that would be immortalized in songs and performances. In 1969, Cash's television show, The Johnny Cash Show, debuted on ABC. The show was a unique blend of country, folk, and rock music, often featuring artists who were not given a platform elsewhere such as Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, and even a young Chris Christopherson. Cash used the show not just as an entertainment vehicle, but also as a platform for social issues, dedicating episodes to the plight of Native Americans and discussing the Vietnam War. The end of the 60s marked a significant turn in Cash's life and career. He had survived the darkest periods of his addiction and had come out the other side with a strong supportive partner in June. His music had matured and his audience had expanded. He was not just a country singer, he was an American icon, a crossover artist who defied easy categorization. Part 4. The Autumn Years. Triumphs and Trials. 1971-2003. to 2003. The 1970s were a time of transformation and introspection for Johnny Cash. While he had successfully overcame many of his personal demons, by the end of the 60s, the new decade would bring its own set of challenges and triumphs. It would also be a period of deep reflection as Cash sought to understand his own legacy and the impact that he'd had on American culture. In the early 1970s, Cash continued to record and tour extensively, releasing albums like A Thing Called Love in 1972, The Junkie and the Juicehead Minus Me in 1974, 
these albums were commercially successful, but didn't quite capture the zeitgeist like his earlier works really had. It was evident that Cash was in search of a new direction, both musically and personally. In 1975, Cash published his autobiography, Man in Black, which was also adapted into a song of the same name. The book and song offered audiences a deeper look into Cash's spiritual life and his views on social issues, marking him as not just a country singer, but also a profound thinker who could reflect on the complexities of human existence. The period also saw Cash delve into acting, appearing in films like A Gunfight in 1971 and the TV movie Murder in Coweta County in 1983. However, by the late 70s and into the 80s, Cash's career was slowing down. He was dropped from Columbia Records in 1986, a move that could have spelled the end for many artists. But Cash wasn't any artist. He teamed up with producer Jack Clemon and released a few albums on Mercury Records, although none of them recaptured his earlier success. A renaissance awaited Cash in the 1990s when he teamed up with producer Rick Rubin for the American Recording series. Starting with 1994's American Recordings, Cash's voice, raw, unaccompanied, and deeply emotive, captured the attention of a new generation. Songs like his haunting cover of Nine Inch Nails' Hurt displayed the vulnerability and gravitas that had made him a legend. These albums revitalized his career, and Cash was once again at the forefront of the American musical landscape. Amidst this late career renaissance, Cash faced numerous health issues. He was diagnosed with Shy-Drager Syndrome, a form of multiple atrophy, in 1997. His health was further complicated by pneumonia and diabetes. The passing of June Carter Cash in May of 2003 was a devastating personal loss, leaving Johnny Cash without his life partner and emotional cornerstone. On September 12, 2003, just a few months after June's passing, Johnny died of complications related to his multiple health issues. His death marked the end of an era but it also cemented his status as one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century. Tributes flowed in from across the globe, from country stars and rock musicians to presidents and everyday fans. Cash was posthumously inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and continued to receive awards for his late work. Even after his death, new albums, documentaries, and a feature film, Walk the Line, would continue to introduce his music to new generations. From the cotton fields of Arkansas to the world's biggest stages, Cash remained a man of the people, singing songs of love, faith, and human frailty. His was a voice that America didn't just want, but needed. And it is a voice that continues to resonate today. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Johnny Cash. A legendary American singer, songwriter, and musician. He's also who died today, September 12th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Johnny Cash looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.